This is the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 258. And it's video game week, which is why it's just you and me, a cozy fireside mm-hmm. chat. Specifically, you know, we're going to do the normal stuff, right? We're going to go around the horn, talk about some of the games that we have played. I'm bringing two to the table this week. Then we're going to do a fill-in word puzzle and involve the chat while we do that. And Darn right then, we are. Uh, absolutely we will. And then our topic of the week is why are farming games so awesome? Because... Like, even a bad farming game is still, like, kind of fun. It's right? true. Yeah, so, it's like bad pizza. It doesn't, exa- it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good whole quote. A bad farming game is like bad pizza. Still pretty okay. So we're going to do all of those things. Very excited. Episode 258. I cannot believe it. Let's get right into it. So, Amanda, around the horn. Yes. Have you played any games that you can A, talk about, and B, are appropriate for our audience? I sure have. Lay it on me. Okay, so I, this week, started started playing Monster Hunter Rise. So that is a rated T game, as all Monster Hunter games are. And this is coming hot on the heels of the incredible success that Monster Hunter World enjoyed. In fact, it was one of Capcom's best-selling games ever. So it was certainly the best-selling Monster Hunter game in franchise history, that's for sure. So the business step aside, Monster Hunter Rise is very different from Monster Hunter World. It has more of an emphasis on splitting out the single player from the multiplayer. There is a lot more going on with, like, there's a new weapon. It's called the Hunting Horn. So you can be like a barbarian and go out into the world and smack things with your cool horn and sing cool songs with your instrument, which is really neat. A lot of the old favorites are there. You know, you've got your your switch axe, your charge blades, your charge blade, rather, the heavy bow gun, the insect glaive, which is uh, an old favorite of mine. Those are claws, more or less. The witch. The the insect glaive thing. Aren't those... Not quite. So like the insect glaive is you have like a pole arm and you have a you have a bug and you go send your kinsect out and your kinsect marks your prey and then, you you know, gives you buffs and potentially heals you depending on the kind of kinsect you have equipped. And then you go out and you kind of kick the kick the heck out of whatever monster it is that that you want. So I actually opted to go with dual blades, which is a particularly fast set of weapons that allows me to enter in and out of demon mode and do some really cool combinations. Um, All in all, though, Monster Hunter Rise is a very, very smart follow-up, and it is only available on the Switch. It runs exceptionally well, and this is a pretty game, even on the Switch. And that's hard to do, especially with specific engines. But whatever they're using the Resident Evil engine, clearly, because the because Resident Evil didn't have any problems running on the Switch either, which was amazing. So yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, man. Lots of really interesting new things there. You know, you can have a, a palamute instead of just a palico. So you can have a you can have a puppy and a kitty, which is great. You can also have an owl, which is awesome. And I'm still learning. Like, I've only played the game now for just a handful of hours. And I'm really starting to dig into the single-player stuff. I tried a little bit of the multiplayer stuff last night with Mike. And we took down a Kulu Yaku, which took forever. <laughs> and so, yeah, Monster Hunter Rise. If you're a fan of the series and you really like some of the things that they did with Monster Hunter World, I feel like Monster Hunter Rise takes a lot of the things that were successful about Monster Hunter Generations and moves it through the lens of Monster Hunter World without doing all of the things that World did. So all in all, it's a solid title and I'm really enjoying playing with it. Awesome. I This is one of those ones... It, it was going to come into our house. Don't mind me. I'm looking down because I am doing social sharing while we go. <laughs> um, however, we had um, uh, uh, we had a moment where uh, it's not being in our home was required consequences for, for some behavior. And so as a oh. result, 
we uh, we we do not have it. Much to my disappointment, because I was actually kind of excited because they pitched it to me as like a reasonable entry into the franchise, and also all the reviews. When you said that this ran very well, everything I read leading up to the release was like, "Hey, this is a really big, beautiful game, and it surprisingly runs super well." It's incredible, isn't it? Like it's a it, it's. I'm really I'm really excited to show it off on stream at some point. I don't think I'm ready to stream it yet because it is so complicated, but I I want to show this off. This game is worth showing off in high definition because it is glorious and runs so well. I know like native Nintendo Switch games from first party that don't run as well as Monster Hunter Rise. It's it's exceptional, genuinely exceptional. Yeah, no, I, I, you are not saying anything surprising to me based on everything that I have heard. I'm super excited about it. So we're, we're, this is a game, this is just short of a live service game. So I'm sure we're going to hear more about your thoughts about it moving forward because this is, Monster Hunter is a lifestyle. Yeah, Monster Uh, Hunter is a lifestyle. I remember in like 2016 and 2017, maybe it was 2017 where it just ate my life. Yeah. I just couldn't stop playing it. It feels like a game that I would enjoy. With that said, I am hilariously bad at video games. We've discussed this. this That's is why like we need brand. to play together. I'm and so then we could be I'll bad be together. Or you can Excuse carry you. Me. Excuse you. You will be my backpack. Oh, okay. Is there a full support role? Can I be a healer? Can I just be that guy? I think you can sit I think you can sit behind me while I'm smacking things with my with my dual Wait, blades and like I got is there you. A gun? Can I just use There a is gun? there's the heavy there's a heavy bow gun and then there's right. also the bow depending on how quickly you would like to move. So uh, I would like to be uh I I believe that I want to embrace my inner Zangief and just be really <laughs> slow and Russian and perfect um, and shoot like a tank cannon. Yes, Amanda would carry That sounds me. great. Yeah. Yeah. Bow gun but- is for you. I want this for you. All right, I'm in. I want this for you. I'm awesome. Um, When it is allowed in my home. So when it is allowed. um, Speaking of games that are a lifestyle, surprise announcement at the end of the MTG Strixhaven stream last week, which. By the way, uh, we'll talk about MTG Strixhaven relatively soon. Um, They announced MTG. Is it next week? Yes. Yes, actually. Yes, we will talk about it next week. Um, Excellent. But I'll tease it in a moment. Uh, so they announced MTG Online is coming to mobile. It's on iOS and Android, and yeah. I downloaded it, and uh, it works. Great. There we go. Uh, I've played a bunch of games. The interface is very clean. The deck building, which I that was the part that I – the administrative piece, like deck building and sorting your collection, I thought that was going to be the biggest pain in the butt. And it's – What's it like? It's very easy and just like it is on PC, what they do is they use a lot of tools to help. Hearthstone, you can only select like two cards, right? Like you can only have two of a card, whereas in Magic you can have four and you're building 60 card decks. And so there's a lot of kind of tools to be like, oh, do you want more than one? <laughs> do you, are you, so you don't have to drag four times. You know, you've got like, it's like little stuff like that that keeps you from having to super micromanage it. Mm-hmm. That I really like. Um, I think the animations look very pretty. I think it has the advantage of being on such a small screen makes all the animations just that much flashier. Ooh, which is I do really like cool. that. That's the thing people keep forgetting, right? When they make the make games on the Switch 720p, that's really not that bad because it's smaller. You know, it's this kind of a thing. And I'm playing it on iPhones and fancier Androids have really nice screens. And so they do. Um, I really like that. And it, it, the big piece with MG online is all like the little flourishes right you know the little green energy flowing when you tap your forest and stuff like that and they just they really pop they look really sharp i haven't had any problems with online connectivity not that i thought i would but i haven't had anything like that i really enjoyed it the the reality is i had fallen off of mtg online largely because i was struggling with the metagame yeah um, during i forget it was the the fairy tale set the metagame made me go away and because i just got so tired of playing against the same deck over and over and over and over again which is understandable now admittedly that's a collectible card game thing and my my luck is every time i get back into magic there's a degenerate deck that ruins the format 
So it's like those degens. I'm a, I'm a those degens. I'm a I am a harbinger of bad decks that destroy formats. So it's like Steve Dutzman is coming back to Magic. Let's get ready for something crazy. But now I'm back and I'm excited because uh, last set there were dwarves and I love dwarves and this new set Amanda, I hear that there Tell me are. Everything. Uh, I hear that there is a fandom looking for a new thing that is uh, a, a college where there are a number of uh, schools that all represent different things where you can you pick one and identify say. one. I, I hear word that there is a fandom that is looking for a new place to go. And mm. I would like to say that uh, Strixhaven is in fact a college in the Magic Universe. Oh, and, I like that. And they introduced us to the five different colleges and they are enemy colored combinations, you know, red, white, and green, black, and whatever, whatever. But as much as I don't think any of them will like super identify with anyone's like person, like we're not going to be using them like astrological signs. Um, but sure. I still think those folks that are looking for that kind of vibe, it is definitely there. The MTG Pro Shop is already selling college t-shirts, like, you know, the vintage college t-shirts with the logos on them. I um, love I, this. One of the colleges has dwarves that use scroll cases like rifles. So like, that's me. Like, <laughs> those are my boys. So uh, we will talk all about that and go over the four, the five colleges next week, because it's interesting from a storytelling perspective. You know, I know that some of our audience doesn't listen to magic stuff, but it'll be interesting to just talk about it just from a, this is what these colleges are and this is what magic is doing. But, and that was all part of the same live stream. It was wild. That's, I am, that's impressive. So, so anyway, MTG online is on mobile. Now, if you are someone that played magic back in the day, and you are interested in seeing what magic is like now, it is free and it is 100% possible to play that game and enjoy it casually without spending a single dime. With that said, for every set that comes out, if you spend 20 bucks, there's a mastery pass, which is basically a battle pass. And mm. that does battle pass things. It gives you some packs. It gives you some challenges to do every day if you wanted to do that. And that's 20 bucks every, I'd say, three months. So it's okay. kind of Fortnite-ish. It's a little bit more expensive, but the difference is you get to keep your cards that you get and you can use them in a whole bunch of different formats. So I don't know. I, I, I'm back in. So, and I'm playing it on my phone. It helps that I have That's a Pop-Tart phone. You know, mm. like I've got the, the 6 Plus. I don't know how crazy it would be on a smaller phone, but... I would imagine it would be mostly unplayable on a smaller phone. Yeah, it'd be tough, but... You know, if you have one of the bigger phones, absolutely worth it's worth at least trying if you are interested in magic at all, especially if you're interested in playing magic, but you can't safely because the Fire Nation, because the pepperoni, because that. Yeah, because the pepperoni, it's, you know, we're may we be vaccinated soon so that we can play cards again. I'm on Friday. I know. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, I, Thursday. I can't wait. Thursday, I'm waking up early like I'm trying to get concert tickets. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, thankfully millennials are trained for this. I was born oh, we are. to... We're ready. I was born to wake like, up early. we know. Yeah, exactly. I was born we to wake up early that you and gotta, buy something online. You know how this goes. Not even just... Not, especially not just millennials, but like millennials that have fandoms. So like sneakerheads and nerds like us and, you know, people that love cosmetics and like very specific lines of cosmetics that always sell out very quickly. You know, like we know. We get it. Yeah. And I was legitimately up until like one o'clock in the morning. I think it was on Sunday and I secured. Yeah, I, I ended up securing my my vaccination because I stayed up ridiculously wait, late waiting for CVS to I drop. I noticed that new because you were tweeting very late and I was like, this yeah. does not sound like Amanda. Uh, I don't normally stay up that late. I'm I was normally like, in bed by midnight. I knew you had a reason. Yeah, mine goes live. I think it's like 6 a.m. on the 1st. The you gotta wake up. The general was like, honey, you're going to be awake. And I was like, honey, of course I'm going to be awake. <laughs> I might not go to sleep. I'm going to get that wide. Exactly. It's like Christmas. Exactly. We're going to do what we got to do. Have, we're at that point in the pepperoni where we, where we all have vaccine FOMO. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I so want it. You want me to talk about another video again? I would love you to. Mega Mom confirms that I am a uh, – Mega Mom confirming that I am also a hugger. This is true. 
Welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast, Mega Bomb and uh, Robo here. Uh, I'm looking forward to game days again. That is facts, facts, facts. Um, so Amanda, I want to be a part of those. Yes, you do. Uh, Amanda, tell us about another video game. What if I told you that we were going to continue in the vein of Magic the Gathering? I am very interested. Oh, we can talk about free packs. We're going to talk about free packs over on Magic Legends. Um, So Mike and I played Magic Legends on stream, on Magic Legends on stream, like last Tuesday. So so yeah, it was a week ago we played it. We haven't picked it up since because the game is like, it needs work. But it's in open beta right now. And it is a Magic the Gathering game that is... It's like an action RPG. That's what I was getting, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's an ARPG for sure. It's an ARPG that has some of those deck building, um, those deck building mechanics. Like that's a very light deck building. But yes, as you can see from, from, you know, like all of the free pack stuff, Kat, thank you so much for coming in, honey. It's always good to see you. I'll come hang out with you on your stream after. Um... So anyway, the uh, the whole free pack situation was like everyone was spamming free pack in the chat in Magic the Gathering le- or Magic Legends because they they all wanted like free cards, but you just you were supposed to download that and redeem it over on the Epic Game Store, not in the game. <laughs> so it was a nightmare to deal with chat, and there's no way to turn general chat off because you know why would there be? Why would you do this? Like why would you give me the ability to shut people off? Like, I don't understand. So Mike and I spent the entire two hours not being able to group up together. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the gameplay itself, pretty fun. It's a combination of all the things that I really enjoy about gaming anyway. Like, it's very strategic. Um, it's real-time strategic. So it allowed me to kind of determine what my strategy was going to be for various monsters before I ended up going up against them. And and it was the, the cool thing about playing green is that I just had like infinite creatures and I could make them bigger and stronger and badder. And, you know, Mike was playing blue. So a lot of his stuff was about manipulating the battlefield and manipulating the, um, the opponent and everything like that and making their lives difficult. So it was cool. Like I really enjoyed magic legends. I think that it needs a lot more work before I get back into it. I am glad that I got my founders pack. Like I spent, I think like 20 bucks or something like that on the founders pack. And I'm glad I did because I got like cool armor and like my character looks super neat. But I mean, the game really does have a long way to go. Like it really, really does. I'm excited to see what comes of it because, you know, if, if, if I know one thing about perfect world and that's the publisher is I do know that they are, when they have a game, they commit they're still running Star Trek online after all these years. Like mm-hmm. they're going to go and this game is going to go. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens from here on out. I just really hope they address the myriad of concerns that players are starting to, to put forward. I mean, it's been, it's been blasted in the media. Yeah, it really has been like, people are very unhappy with this game. I'm excited about this game still. So I'm just going to like, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it sit. You let it sit. Let it sit. I'm gonna let it marinate. And let it just like figure its own stuff out and then I'm gonna come back. It's gonna figure it out. It's gonna figure it out. So um this is one of those games when they announced it, I was like, This looks like a Stevie D's game. <laughs> I am gonna play this so badly because I really like action role playing games. I like deck oh, yeah. building and I love the magic world, right? You know, because you yeah. know that if they're going to make a game set in the Magic the Gathering world, they're going to be just those little touches, at least, that will yeah. remind me of things that I enjoy, things that I've seen. And I am all in on that. I, you bought the Founders Pack at 20 bucks. I think that's especially as someone who appreciates games and game development and game business, right? Like you spend yes. your 20 bucks and I you're going to be able that. to you're going to be able to check in every couple of months and basically play a different game every time. Yeah. 
And I think that is a super cool opportunity that not a, that you wouldn't get if you didn't kind of buy in initially. I was really happy to, you know, I feel the same way about Smite, right? Like, that's a game that I bought the Founders uh, yeah. Pack on Xbox. You know, actually, actually, I can't even say I bought it. Full disclosure, they sent it to me. And every, you know, six months, eight months, I, like, check back in, and there's new gods and new maps. And it's like I'm playing a whole a new, new- promotions yeah exactly you know and you know like they added the ninja turtles and like you know and they had avatar the last airbender as well several months ago it was neat yeah and i feel i think magic legends is going to function the same way right like as they get their footing because this is clearly early it's definitely early beta exactly so this is one of those things you bought in and over time it's going to just develop into this awesome experience now it could fall flat but it could we know that these guys know how to make video games because star trek online is great for what it is Right. Yes. You know, it's not exactly. the wow killer, but Star Trek fans that want an MMO got themselves an MMO that is perfectly serviceable. And frankly, if that's what we get out of Magic Legends, which is a serviceable, you know, kind of end game of Diablo with magic cards, mm-hmm. even if it's only two thirds as good as Diablo, right? That's still a pretty good game. And that's all they need to do is just be a pretty good game that is cool and links up with magic. And, you know, because we, you know, people love that world. Magic has never been bigger. So, yeah, I'm, I think you made a smart call buying in at 20 bucks. I will probably do the exact same thing. Uh, I just, just want to make sure to- you get it on Arc. I'm playing it on Arc. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I think that there's crossplay between the Epic Games Store and Arc. So I mean, I'm not sure it really matters. We'll but out. here's what it's- I will do: before I spend money on it, I will talk to you because we only talk every so often. You know. Yeah. Definitely not multiple um, times in a single day. Not multiple day. times a day. I will make sure that whatever system I buy it on um, or whatever store I buy it on, we can play together. So so that's Magic Legends. I'm 100% down with that. I was so excited to watch that stream. I was. I ended up getting busy with the day job, so I only got to watch a little bit of it, but I, got, I was there free enough. Free I was there enough for the free pack meme shenanigans, which I'm convinced half of the people in the chat were trying to get a free pack and half of them were just doing the Leroy Jenkins thing and just kind of memeing. Leroy Jenkins! Exactly. <laughs> Big chaotic energy. Um, so, all right. I'm going to talk about a game. All right, talk to me about a game. it is a game that is out now, and it is mm-hmm. on Game Pass. Oh. So we love Game Pass games here. Oh, we do. And that I'm getting game, my Xbox app open. It is called Narita Boy. Okay. All right. Narita Boy is 2D side-scrolling action game that the and the art style is sword and sorcery. The uh, that game, who made it? Uh, but it's you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I see it. The the tale of two brothers, sword and sorcery. Got it. So it's very like warped. It's like warped eight bit pixel art um and oh, I see. it is tron basically the story is tron you're a kid that gets pulled into this digital world and you are the narita boy and only you can wield the tri-pixel blade and the trichroma the trichroma blade my bad and because there are three colors um, and so you have to kind of adventure through i've played this game for at this point about 45 minutes and it is the me- first it looks off extremely be- fascinating. Before I talk about anything, I gotta talk about the music. Uh, go find if you have Spotify right now, you will go- you will want to go and add the Narito Boy soundtrack to your favorites and listen to it because it is like this awesome kind of techno synth. It's just really, really good, really good soundtrack, and. You're, it's a cool sword fighting action game where you can turn your face and you can do a unibeam out of your face. Awesome. I, I went and I went and saved it. You went and saved it? Yeah. No, this is really I good. I did. I'm on it, buddy. Um, so I it's it's available on you know it's on Xbox Game Pass right now, but I suspect this game is gonna find its way everywhere. Um it's not easy by any stretch. This is it's a pretty tough game. And and I say that 
you know, take it with a grain of salt. I'm hilariously bad at games, but this is not an easy game. Uh, it's not intended to be, but it is cool. There's some exploration. The only thing I don't like about it so far, and this is the nittiest of nitpicks, is that there you're, it's a 2D exploration game, and there are certain things that you need to interact with, like doors and switches and people to talk to. And the... Um, the, like it's really finicky making sure you're in the right spot to be able to talk to them and I found myself like running and moving just a, a scotch too far close to them and missing the prompt so you got to move a little slow when you're near things that you need to interact with and sometimes you'll need to wiggle back and forth so that the button prompt comes up like I said nittiest of nitpicks uh, it is Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. I, uh, yeah, exactly. I've enjoyed it. It is cool to watch. It's cool to listen to. Yeah, I really like it. And the story is very interesting. The idea is you're locking, you are unlocking the memories of the creator. And the creator is, I'm not going to spoil it because I've seen some of the stuff so far. But you learn about the creator and that he has 13 memories that you need to unlock to tell you who he is and why he created this world. That's and really neat. Yeah, it's really interesting because you unlock stories from his perspective mm -hmm. um, that are narrated by him. There's no voice acting except for whenever you die, it says rest in force and throws up like the horns and then it reses you. Amazing. Yeah, it's really good. And it does. I like that a lot. It says rest in force like a Super Nintendo game would. So it's like rest in force. And then it that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's awesome for uh, $0 on Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass continues to be the best value out there when it comes Absolutely. to subscription gaming. Genuinely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, and we are not paid by Microsoft to say so. Nope, I am not. I'm not sponsored. Honestly, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I don't so have any sponsors can... either. So... We sponsor each other. We we do in fact sponsor each other. So I guess I'm I'm supposed to like say nice things about you. Um, you but I would do, I would do that game. anyway. The only other game I downloaded today, and I'll probably be able to talk about that in the next two, two weeks, is I downloaded Fantasy Star Online Two. Ooh. Because I don't know, man. It's just like I was like, wow, is that like? Because you gotta. Is that an anime lady with a laser sword? And then somebody was like, yes, in fact, it's an anime lady with a laser sword. And I was like, well. Sold. I guess I gotta figure out what it's like to be an anime lady with a laser sword. Oh no, oh, not no. that. Oh, that no. just makes me want to play Genshin Impact. I keep seeing I, Genshin Impact and saying like, you know, one of these days I'm gonna sit down um, and play this game and it's gonna eat my life. My buddy Rob Kalajian, former of uh, Pawn's Perspective, he shut his website down now. He's actually full-time uh, freelance writing now. Um, wow. He is writing for Game Rant now, okay. mostly about Genshin Impact. Oh, so very cool. Most of his freelance writing is Genshin Impact and a little bit of Fortnite. Um, and because Genshin Impact... Those are big like, SEO polls. Yeah. Genshin Impact is like blowing up the whole world. And it's it's making a lot of money. Uh, Genshin Impact is one of those... I'm going to download it again on PC and see if maybe, you know, ha being able to sit in my office chair and play it for like an hour or so a day, I could, you know, but we'll see. It's, the question is, can it pull me away from World of Warcraft? Arguably, maybe not. However, maybe, maybe for a little bit. So I mean, maybe for an evening, if we decide evening. to co-stream. Like it is zero. Maybe. It is zero dollars. It is exactly zero, zero dollars. <laughs> All so, you need is to indulge in your gotcha. Yeah. And your love of gotcha, if you have a love of gotcha, which I do not. I, I've been known to dabble. I've been known to dabble in my gotcha shenanigans. So, Amanda. Yeah, what's up? Um, Are we doing it? Is it time? It's time to do the thing, but I need to find my pen. That was really funny. Your head disappeared. That's pretty good. Disappeared. I vanished. Your head, like, straight up disappeared. That was different. <laughs> um, yeah, the, uh, well, because it thinks I'm part of the background now. Here we go. I got a writing utensil. All right, here we go. I that really does look suspiciously like Vancouver in the background. Um, like, it really does. Is, I mean, maybe it is. It's hard to say. I don't know. Um, does, does, because it's a, it's a default Skype background, so. All right, um, it's hype oh, time. Let's get John, hype in the chat. John Robles says, some... can anything pull me away from WoW? Uh, I don't know. Maybe if WoW is terrible, 
it'll pull you away from WoW. It's not, though. So, But I'm going to have some Be time because it looks like the next patch is not coming out until August. So, Whoa! Yeah, the word on the street is they are hopeful for June, but that June is uh, viewed as optimistic. And so if June is optimistic, that's looking like August. Okay. So, everybody in the chat, we still don't know if we can call this what it actually is. And part of that's- We have no idea. Talking to lawyers are expensive and there's no possible way to find it out, find out. So, but you'll know exactly what we're doing within a few seconds of us uh, doing this game. Um, what I would like you in the chat to help me with, it specifically, I would like a an article of clothing, plural, Keep it family friendly, folks. A, and a part of the body, plural. Keep it family friendly, folks. This Amanda. is a family friendly chat. Yes, Amanda. Yes. I would like. Okay. A. Uh, I need two first names. One mm-hmm. male, one female. Why not just use our names? Because you have to choose. Okay, we'll just use our names. Okay. Because it's easy. And funny. Yep, fine. Uh, And then I would like a noun. Star. Okay. And a part of the body. This one's not plural. Elbow. Okay. I need a last name of a celebrity. A last name of a celebrity? I don't know what goes on with celebrities. I don't know. Use Kardashian. That's a celebrity. I don't know anything about, like, celebrity gossip. I stopped reading Perez Hilton, like, a decade ago, so I stopped caring about gossip. Celebrity gossip a decade ago. You you could have... We we view video game personalities as celebrities, too. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't tell me that I could be, like go and like use celebrities that I care about. Whenever I hear celebrity, I think of like pop culture celebrity. It just says truthfully, I'm adjusting on the fly what this is asking for. Okay. Because we are not in a room and it's asking for the last name of a person in the room and we have already used us. So I am. Yeah. I just changed it to a celebrity. So you can change it to a video game personality if you would like. I do extremely dislike the Kardashians, so I'd rather not refer to them. So what else can we use? How about we use Keeley? Stu Jeff Keeley. He's a celebrity. As far as I'm concerned, he absolutely is. He's totally a celebrity. So, and now I need a noun. Chat, I still need a plural part of the body. Another noun. How about dragon? Sure. And then I need two adjectives. Oh, there we go. We got some, we got some in the chat there for you. Two adjectives. Let's say vivacious and precocious. I spent a lot of time with Vivian today. Can you tell? Yes. And then I would like a plural noun. Puppies. Okay. And then I would like another noun. Um, ooh, PlayStation. Since my PlayStation 5 now works. Ooh. And I'm no longer afraid of it. That's good. Now I would like an adverb. Hmm. Deliciously. And then a noun. License. Okay. And then another adverb. We're almost there. Oh, we're totally almost there. I'm just thinking. Delightfully. And now I would like an adjective. Chat, I would like a plural noun. We have have a plural noun already in there. It's socks. Already got that. Oh, socks is okay. Never mind. Never mind. So I have to give you an adjective? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I like I like description words. I'm going to say generous. And then lastly, a noun. Coffee. All right. We are there. Okay. All right. You ready? What's going to be funny about this one is how spot on some of the words that were selected are. I'm so, so interested. So for my voice acting audition, this is promos is the subject. Oh. Newspaper critics agree that Steven and Amanda are a comedy star that will knock your sock off. It will tickle your funny elbow from the Washington Dragon. Two earlobes up from Ebert and Keeley. That's awesome. A smart, vivacious, and precocious comedy. You not only laugh, but it brings puppies to your eyes. I love puppies to my eyes. 
This is great. From the New York Times PlayStation. Of course. A deliciously funny half-hour license delightfully acted by a generous cast of all-star figurines, the Chicago Sun Coffee. So, there you go. We did it. That's good. We did it. Thank you very much, Chad. That's good. Round of applause for Chad. Yay, Chad. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming through. Um, Absolutely. So... We played. We we've talked. We've gone around the horn. Talked about what we were playing. Yep. We we did it. We played our game. Uh, now it's time to get to work. Amanda, let's do it. Yeah. Farming games. Let's talk about them. There are a lot of them. There are. And by and large, they're awesome. They are. Why? Why do you think it is that farming games are so awesome? Well, if we're coming, like, what kind of perspective would you like me to provide? Got, Do you want a time. business whichever, perspective? Whichever perspective you feel like caring, we'll probably cover them all. So whichever one you want to start with, go with it. Let's talk trends. So the trends, one of the trends that we've been picking up over the last several years is that cozy games are especially on the uprise and not on the up, not on the, on the, on the rise because of a specific demographic, but it's across a very broad demographic and a broad psychographic for that matter. It's like, it's very similar. People are finding, um, so similar people are obviously finding a lot of joy and a lot of, um, a lot of relaxation in cozy games in general. And so cozy games are not just farming games, you know, they're like, they're simulator games, including social simulator games like Animal Crossing, which we talked about last, um, during our last video game podcast to celebrate the one year anniversary. And the more we see of cozy games, the more we're going to, the, the more that we see the trend towards cozy games rather, the more we're going to see farming simulators really shine because they are that much more accessible because it's all about taking care of your garden, taking care of your crops and taking care of, you know, whether that's your island or your town or, or whatever. It's all, it's all interconnected. All these systems interconnect and it just, it can be both a richly complex experience or just a very chill experience, depending on the kind of gameplay that you're looking to have and the game you're playing yeah everything you said is true i think the the whole like when you talk about cozy games right i had never really used that word personally but it makes so much sense right because Mm -hmm. for me the reason and and i guess you know i'm you know kind of basic along with everybody else right like this there's that feeling of having a, a, a not conflict free but like a low conflict game where the, low the stakes conf- yeah exactly oh i like that low stakes where the where really my job is just to like do what i want within mm-hmm. you know and and where the consequences of failing is just kind of like restarting and it's more yeah. of a um, you know it's kind of like an efficiency puzzle we all do know that i love engine building games oh and, and same and so it's like a lot of these farming games just kind of play that way where it's mm-hmm. you know what you're fighting against is efficiency and i really i really dig that and I, I do like the idea of you know man we got enough like really awful things happening in the world that sometimes i really just want to like oh man i might lose a potato crop like you know like who cares and i think even building on that it's about creating a sense of control and yep. and especially in an environment where we feel very out of control and i think we talked about this when we talked about animal crossing is it pr- really did provide people with this sense of being able to affect an in-game world in a meaningful capacity and that really is what farming simulators and simulators in general but especially farming simulators do exceptionally well it gives you the capacity to be good at taking care of plants if you are like me and you're a very bad plant mom because they don't talk and they don't tell you things until they're dead um you know it lets you be good at taking care of plants or it lets you be decent at interpersonal relationships if that's something that you struggle with like in stardew valley stardew valley is just as much of a social simulator as it is a farming simulator Mm -hmm. so it does provide that sense of control in an out of control world 
Yeah, man. Listen, I think if we needed a pull quote, I think that's pretty good, right? Like the idea of giving give, giving us that sense of control in the face of like this. Gestures. <laughs> broadly, just gestures broadly, like all this stuff. Yeah. The, um, I thought it would be a cool idea, like an interesting exercise to talk about some of the different farming games that are out there and just 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 talk about them. I think Stardew Valley is like the big one we got to talk about, right? Like I think at this point, Stardew Valley is like the civilization of like 4X strategy. You know, like what civilization yeah. is to 4X strategy, what Stardew Valley is to the those kind of sense. life simulator, farm simulator games. And, sure. it, and this game was made by one dude and some consultants. And, yeah, one dude and some freelancers. And is, you know, with publishing help, obviously, you know, I don't want to, you know, undersell well, we, that. But still. The, but at the same still, time. Still, one guy, for the most part, this was his dream. And he started working on it in his spare room. And now it is one of the biggest games in the world. Everybody knows it. And I think, and, and for everybody that's watching, you know, if you haven't played Stardew Valley, it's on our EFG Essentials list for a reason. On every console, it is available. And if we had a PC Essentials list, it would probably be right underneath Minecraft. And it, would be. it really comes down to this is an immaculately designed game. It is fun to watch based on how many people I know that watch YouTube streams of this game played. It's fun to play. Um, my only problem with this game is a very specifically me problem is that I basically get a season in and then I restart because I'm like, oh, I did that wrong. And the reality is you, that's not how this game is meant to be played. You're supposed to just play it and you can kind of keep going forever. But I have issues. So, um, but Stardew Valley is easily one of the best games made in the last decade. I would say probably one of the most important games because Indeed. of how many games have been influenced by it. Yes. And, you know, this whole genre has been around for a while, right? Like, you know, Harvest mm -hmm. Moon was a thing, and we'll talk about Harvest Moon later, but Harvest Moon was a thing, but this kind of took that model and really went bananas. What's, yeah. What What are your thoughts and experiences on Stardew Valley? Have you played a lot of it or? So Stardew Valley is one of those games where it's not exactly a blind spot for me because I have played it, but it didn't grab me in the same way because it does require a ton of time investment. I just don't have a ton of time to invest. I've got like maybe an hour a day. And these days I'm using that hour to play Animal Crossing because it lets me decorate my island. And I have Mario pipes now that transport me from one part of my island to the other. So with Mario pipes, you can't you can't argue. You can't. It's just not possible, even though we're in the midst of Bunny Day. So for me, Stardew Valley was like it wasn't that it was a hard sell. It was just like it was hard to get into and stay into it because you have to be so consistent and it takes so long to get anything done. So. I I, bounce, I get into it because I have it on PC and I have it on Switch. So I get into it for a little while and I'm like, yeah, this is super cool. I really like it. I really love the systems. The systems are so approachable. But again, my problem with Stardew Valley isn't a Stardew Valley problem. It's a me problem. It's a I just don't have time. I don't have the time to invest in a game that's going to require many hours of my in, uh, of my attention that I just don't have to give. Yeah. I get you. Uh, this is one of those. So a, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Steve, Steve Sloda, he's a teacher. Uh, he's a professor, actually, at um, UConn. Teaches, uh, he's teaching a collaborative storytelling class at UConn. Um, mm -hmm. And he he just showed that he started playing Stardew Valley today. And I sent him a I responded to him on Facebook and said, all right, we'll see you in a few years. Because a lot the, the people that I know that have like willingly like installed this game have either done what you and I did, which is we played a bunch and then we stopped because we moved on to other things or it became their video game. The same mm -hmm. way, you know, my, you know, a kid might play Fortnite or, you know, a kid might play Minecraft. Like Stardew Valley is a lot of people's game and yeah just because of all the different you know all the different game modes and the fact that they've mm -hmm. added different maps uh mega mom says she's put a lot of hours into it um you guys play on switch or are you playing on uh, ps4 i'm curious mega mom so yeah yeah so stardew valley is like the modern 
granddad, right? You know, it's that. But Harvest Moon came first, right? Yes, it did. And, you know, that was on, Was did it start on Super Nintendo or was it? I believe that it started on either Super Nintendo or the N64. I can give you an answer. Yeah, it was definitely a cartridge of some kind. So let me look it up. Yeah. And so that really kind of was Japanese role-playing game that instead of fighting monsters, you were farming stuff. And that was totally out of left field then. Mm-hmm. So and, it, oh, it has been it has been around. So Harvest Moon, actually, its first release, and this is coming from Natsumi. So... Okay. This came out. Who currently in, owns the license, so I trust them. <laughs> they they do, yes. So there was a puzzle harvest moon. Hold on a second. That can't be right. That cannot be right. I mean, tell us what can't be right. I'm, you're holding me in suspense here. Well, it says that it started in 2007. That doesn't sound right to me. No, like, no way. Because there, de- there was definitely a Harvest Moon 64. My question is yeah. whether or not there was a Harvest Moon on Super Nintendo. I'm not sure. So, I mean, I'm either taking, way, I'm it's taking been around since before the PlayStation existed. Okay, so here's what happened. So... It looks like it looks like Harvest Moon because it came ah here we go. So I'm taking a look at what they have here. And it looks like the first game that came out was in 1996. Okay. And that was so it's listed under Story of Seasons. So that's why okay. things got mix, mixed up because Story of Seasons was the original Harvest Moon, but now it's known as Story of Seasons because they moved away from the Harvest Moon license. So in 1996, it came out on the Super Nintendo and the Super Famicom. And that was in, that was 1997 rather. And then it came, there was one that was out on the Game Boy on the Game Boy Color, the N64. Uh, there was one that came out on the original PlayStation. Actually, a couple that came out on the original PlayStation. PlayStation 2, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, several on GameCube, actually. The Nintendo DS, the Wii, the PlayStation Portable, and the Vita. Mm-hmm. A bunch of DS games. And then finally, onto the 3DS, and then into the Switch Windows. And then as of like this week, I think, or rather last week, um, it came. Yeah. So it's been about, it's been out for about a week is story of seasons, pioneers of all of town, which has come out to just resounding love. That game is like critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Lots yeah. of people are really enjoying as a, it. As opposed to the new Harvest Moon game that came out. Which everyone hates. Which, which everyone hated. And, which is really interesting, but, you know, I mean, that's just how it works. Um, you know, not everything can be amazing. So what's really interesting is, you know, we have like these traditional farming games. Sure. Um, and Stardew Valley was the first was the first one that I can remember, in at least in recent time, that kind of gave you the option to not only farm crops, you know, milk cows and get married but also it added in like some combat elements and some other you know kind of role-playing game trappings and mm-hmm. so now we see that that's kind of you know like there's games like my my time at porsche which is yes a farming game but also you know draws from you know crafting and survival games like you know like minecraft and don't starve yeah. and things like that um, oh man don't starve such a solid it's not a farming sim game but such a solid game yeah, but a little bit more stressful than some of these. A lot more. Yeah, uh, yeah a yeah. lot. By more. a little, I mean very seriously. My time at Porsche. My time at Porsche is one of those games. I actually really want to play this game, and just I every time it's on sale, I'm like, oh, I should buy this. And I have like, it on Epic Game Store, but I just have not gotten into it. I again, it's one of those things where I just feel like if it's not my game, like not the game that I'm currently playing, like I just who has time. Yeah. Farming Sims takes so much effort and energy. It's like you got to pick one. Yes. And that's the thing is I really do want to pick one. I think it's going to end up being Stardew Valley. But some of these other ones, let me throw some out at you um, from left field. Some farming sure. games that I think are absolutely worth talking about. Um, 
And the first one, and I don't know that you spent a lot of time, whether or not you spent a lot of time with this, but what about the actual farming simulator series? Have you ever messed around with those? So I'm, well, okay. So whenever, so because up until fairly recently, I think, um, Evolve PR was in charge of the, um, which is in charge of the marketing and the, and the PR for Focus Home Interactive. And those are the publishers behind Farming Simulator. Mm -hmm. So whenever I went to see them at E3, they'd be like, girl, it's time for your annual Farming Simulator. So I would go play a Farming Simulator whenever I was at E3. But outside of like demos at shows, no. Like it's too crunchy. I think that there is a there is a big difference between like and we and the thing that I tend to say is like there's a difference between like an arcade farming simulator and like a simulator farming simulator. Oh, uh, legit farming simulator nineteen and farming simulator twenty etc. is to is um is to Madden. Yes, absolutely. What, like Stardew Valley is to like NFL is like Blitz. arcade. Yeah, and I mean, or I think NHL about it in terms of is if, sure. for, for your reference, you know, for, for sure. your benefit. I tend to think about it in terms of racing. So yeah. if I want to sit down and I want to play like uh, a quick, quick racing game, and I know I'm going to be able to get in and out of it, I'm going to go pick up Forza Horizons. Yeah, because Forza Horizon Four is like such an amazing game, and it's a great, it's a great arcade racer. Mm-hmm. And same with Need for Speed, right? Great arcade racer, still very challenging and and very skill oriented, much like Stardew Valley, but it's not crunchy whereas if i really want a racing simulator yeah i'd pick up gran turismo project cars you know um forza motorsports for crying out loud so that's the big difference here is that like i i don't like crunchy simulators for the most part unless i'm playing grand strategy and even then grand strategy is extremely daunting to get into like if we're going to talk about grand strategy let's talk about crusader kings 3 because yike like it's so good, but I'm I so bad. So bad. Oh my gosh. So bad. But oh my I'm gosh. Terrified of it. We got. Uh, I'm so John scared of the, it. I'm so scared of it. John in the chat is saying that we will lose me forever if WoW puts in a farming simulator. You are correct. Oh, that'd be it. There is one apparently coming into Final Fantasy 14, and I'm not at that content yet. I'm still in Heaven's Word. So when I get to that point where I can have like a farm of my own, I'm forked. You'll let us know. Yeah, you'll let us know. Um, Farming Simulator, fun fact, did you know there's an eSport? I did, in fact, know there there's Um, an eSport. I covered it, I think, over on Game Daily. I am really interested to watch. And I just, it's one of those things that I want to, like, if I ever see Farming Simulator eSport come across my Twitter, like, I will 100% watch it. Um, I think, because they sent it to us, um after I met with them at E3, one of the two years that I went there. And um, I am super intrigued in that, like, they have all the... They got the licenses for all the tractors. Like, you can get a Dutes Alice tractor, which, no, I don't own any any portion of that company. I wish I did. But it does Wouldn't say be nice? mostly my name on them, which is, you know... But they are... Man, it is so intense watching Farming Simulator. Like, watching tutorials of, like, how to play and how to get started, it feels like it's one of those things that if I really dedicated the time to get into it, I would really kind of enjoy it. But it's there's that learning curve. It's so um, much. So, but the new... So the new store... Which one's the good one? It's the new Story of Seasons is the one that came out, right? And Correct. That's the one people so like. Story of Seasons, and that's the Olive Town one. So, yeah. Friend of the yeah, show. That's the good one. Uh, friend of the show, Rebecca Valentine, now of IGN, reviewed mm-hmm. that game. And she has been gushing about it for a week now. And she was also the one that really got me into Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, which yep. is a very interesting farming simulator adjacent game. It's a side-scrolling brawler that has a farming aspect to it, where you just like raise your raise your rice crops. Uh, it's a it is the it, of all the games that I love and played while I was at E three. Um, but have not bought yet. That is like the top of that list. It's um, so good. It is. It feels very to me. It feels like Act Tracer. Ooh. Uh, 
that's a deep cut. It is a deep cut. Speaking of games, it's like uh, talking about Daikatana on Twitter. It's like you figure out who your who your older who your older viewers are. That's OG stuff. And John's in the chat. Uh He went. He was part of our E3 expansion team, and he went to LA with me. And he remembers that I went to go back. I went to go back and wait in line to play Sakuna of Rice and Ruin one day. I think what was it like three times? Now, admittedly, you know we didn't have press badges, so we couldn't get in a lot of places. So that was one of the few games I could just wait in line and go. And I just kept going back to that game because it's gorgeous. The the 2D action is crazy. Um, the brawling is so much fun. So good. Uh, the the frog that gave you all that attitude was one mm-hmm. of the demo bosses. Um, in oh. But the thing is, um, it was it was tuned as a demo, so like you could beat it. Oh yeah, you sure. Know, like you as know, opposed you to when you're playing Sakuna, which is like. Like when impossible you're playing, when you're playing the real game that boss was dark souls hard but it was for a demo for a de- and i for a demo you know th- they definitely tuned it down because i remember beating it and i was like wait there's no way i can beat something that would give amanda difficulty and i, I was talking to my son and he's like dad you know that they probably just made it easier for you because it was a demo like you were playing on like super easy mode and i'm like yeah you're right you're right um Oh, I mean, we just know, you know, it's de- it's good demo etiquette. Let the let the demoer win. So it is. Um, but Sakura of Rice of Ruin is another one of those games that's a farming. That there is a strong farming element. There is, and are, it's very simulator heavy. Yeah. Like yeah. the the amount of work that you have to do to make sure that your crop has high yield and it's nutritious. Mm-hmm. Like you're constantly having to like fertilize the field, and you're you're weeding it, and you're making sure that your water levels are. perfect perfect and you have to make mm-hmm. sure the temperature is good you know it's tough it's a and you really, got to make really all the people in your game. farm happy yeah while and you also have to make stuff a, yeah exactly and then you have to go out and you have to go and like defeat enemies and pick up you know food because you have to make food for your people in your village mm-hmm. which is understandable because you got to keep them nourished their yep. kids there especially so like it's sakuna of rice and ruin is an extremely intense farming simulator side-scrolling brawler meets social simulator it is an intense it is it's just intense i love it though it's yeah. such a great game now i'm gonna bring one up Again, I think this is a little bit out of left field because it's not something that we think of as a farming game. But okay. it's definitely there. And this is one that is a game that I bring up. Um, I actually bring it up as a horror game quite free, quite frank, uh, quite frequently. And people kind of um, – that I'm giving a hint to the people that are longtime listeners of the show. And that is Minecraft. <laughs> So my opinion is that Minecraft on survival, especially at higher difficulties, is 100% a horror game, a real true horror game. No, Um, I agree with you. Because it captures the relentlessness of zombies and and really the danger of nature. Um, But even in creative mode... The farming aspect of making a farm and finding seeds and finding animals and bringing them together, is it realistic? No. However, um, you absolutely can build your farm and diversify your crops. And, you know, you can really get into it. And in this case, you can customize just about every part of your crop. And doing it in survival mode, you even have to deal with things like you know, zombies and skeletons and creepers coming in and blowing up your stuff. Um, I think Minecraft is underrated for being, and it's hard to imagine Minecraft being underrated, but I think as from a farming sim perspective, I think people forget that it's I don't. I don't because like it, for me, when I think about when I think about Minecraft, I don't just think about it in terms of digs and builds because I've watched my kids play so much Minecraft and I don't play with them because I'm not particularly like good at it. It's another one of those games. Unless you have like a ton of time to invest in it, you just, you get lost very easily. Mm-hmm. So watching my kids create like their own farms, like they'll have cows and they'll have livestock of all kinds and they'll have a, they'll have a set of crops that they're, that they're putting together with their friends or like Gabe and Viv will do it together. It's just incredible to watch. So yeah, mm-hmm. I could totally see Minecraft as, you know, a very important farming simulator yeah and it doesn't hurt you know i mean it is one of the biggest um games of all time if not the biggest game of all time it is 
it's interesting to think about it. You know what I did before, while we were prepping for this episode, I went and looked up, you know, what's a farming game, you know, I wanted to see what various other outlets and other blogs were thinking about. And, you know, Minecraft appeared on a few of their lists and, um, and I think it makes perfect sense. And I agree, you know, I think it's you, I, I do not classify you along with the general masses because, you know, you're super brilliant and know, and, and know this stuff, but the, um, but yeah, I definitely think it just, it goes, it flies under the radar. And I, th- what's crazy is I don't think people think of Minecraft as like a game anymore. I think it's just like a thing. Like it is just uh, like Minecraft is Minecraft. It is neither a game. It's nor, a platform. Like, it's a, it's, it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, that's, it's honestly, it's a platform and it's its own metaverse at this point. And yeah. I know that we're going to like, listen, I'm going to be bringing up the metaverse a lot throughout 2021. It's one of the biggest trends that is hitting this year outside of like all of the mergers and acquisitions that are happening. Um, but the meta, I think that Minecraft can qualify as its own metaverse and well, so you for, for benefit of myself and our viewers and probably because we have to make a, a, a glossary entry for it. What the heck is a metaverse? So a metaverse is is like a collective virtual space, like it's a shared virtual space that you can build other things in and you can't you build other things in Minecraft all the time and not just the things that Microsoft and Mojang set out to say, hey, yeah, you should definitely build these things, you know, build houses. No, it's not just about that. You can build whole programs. There are different modes that you that you exist in. It exists as a playground for many children, much in the way that Fortnite does. Mm-hmm. So I, when I think about Minecraft, I don't think about Minecraft as a game either. I think about it as an as its own experience, its own metaverse, its own platform, because there is just there's so much yeah. going on that you just, it's it's impossible to classify. Absolutely. It's crazy. But for our purposes today, totally a farming game. Totally a farming game, which I think is and what what's crazy about it, you know, if we um, you know, if we take, you know, farming, you know, the farming aspect as kind of like a battle for efficiency, mm-hmm. I think we can even kind of extend it even a little bit farther and include games like Forager, which Ooh. is an engine building game. I mean, it's purely like an engine building game, but sure, it has some of that same energy in that the DNA are, is similar. You're gathering resources and building, you know, and pl- planting devices that create resources that you mm-hmm. use to beget other resources, etc. Um, it's it's similar. So I think for me, you know, and I've, I recommend Forager a lot, you know, it, it, it is one of those, if you're looking to make a, if, if you're really looking to like learn about efficiency and or like not necessarily learn about it, but like just to, to test it, right? To like play around with it, Forager to me feels like a if, like that engine building like experiment chamber, right? Where you're just kind of messing around and seeing what stuff combos together, and because everything interacts with everything else. Sure. Lots of inter- so for me, I know it's not tr- not an actual farming game. You're not planting crops and watering them and then milking cows and going into town and deciding who you're going to marry, which is like, you know, that's what farming games were when they started and that kind of DNA has continued. But you know, if we kind of distill the farming game into a battle for efficiency, I think Forager falls in into that kind of perfectly. I like that. <sighs> So um, we did it. We didn't really set out to come out with like a list of recommendations, but I think we kind of did accidentally. We did. Oops. I think, you know, everybody here that's listening, I think number one is if this sounds interesting, right? Like if Amanda and I were talking about this and it sounded like that was an itch you wanted scratched, then I think a lot of these games would help with that you know would would kind of fit in there i think stardew valley especially considering how cheap it is because it mm-hmm. is 15 bucks on every platform yeah. you could imagine and I another think- good entrant in that like sub 20 dollar category is Littlewood, which yeah. is oh, also yeah. on nintendo switch that's like 10 bucks yeah and 
I think both of those are games that, um, you know, are really, you know, just something to have in your back pocket. And for me, yeah. you know, I have huge respect for Stardew Valley and I've started it and stopped it. And what's crazy is I don't regret it. Like, I don't look back at my deleted saves and go, oh, man, that was wasted time because I really don't. Like, I really enjoy that first three or four days of Stardew Valley. I just absolutely love turning it on and seeing what my new farm looks like and figuring out how to get, you know, a, you know some plants going. And that's just really relaxing to me. And if that yeah. sounds cool to you, I would encourage you. I mean, it's $15. It is wholesome as all get out. Um, it's got a neat little story. You know, there's nothing crazy, but, you know, it's there. And mm -hmm. I think that it is – it's on our EFG Essentials on every platform it's available for a reason. Because it is – and I, I we actually just recently did our updates to the EFG Essentials. We're going to talk about during those During the updates. sprint weekend. During our sprint weekend. We're going to talk about those during the next video game uh, episode. Um, we'll talk about the updates that we made. But Stardew Valley – I was looking at it, and I was like, Stardew Valley is untouchable on every platform it's in. Unless there is some kind of like crazy turnover across the entire thing, or it's just not available there. I, I Star Valley is that good that it's pretty much untouchable. Um, and you know, Mega Mom in the chat saying that she likes the Stardew Valley can be a twenty-minute daily investment. You know, I'm going to take right? you up on that. I'm going to take you up on that. And I think I'm going to start playing Stardew Valley 20 minutes a day. I think that that is a reasonable thing for me I to do because I just out. don't have the I don't have the hours, man. I don't have the hours. I think that works out to like a, an in-game day. Maybe two. Oh. It's an in-game day, maybe two, depending on how... It depends on how fast you run out of energy. Because once you run out of energy, you can go to bed. But, you know, uh, uh, Mega Mom is right. Praise. Is that the... Uh, praise the aqueducts. Pray, all um, praise aqueduct. I mean, we definitely got to get our emotes so we can put a Y in the chat, I guess. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, the in-game day lasts about 20, 20. Just like Minecraft, really. Minecraft a sure. day is about 20 minutes. So yeah. it is um, – so well, it's a full day and night cycle is 20 minutes, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. But, so if my if it eats my life, though, Mega Mom, you and I are going to have a discussion. Well, I mean, she's she's really nice. So you, you better be nice when you have that discussion. Of course I will. Hopefully it's a wholesome mostly I'll be Mostly I'll be yelling and being like – it's perfect. I love it. Thank you for convincing me. But also, I have no life anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. So, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in to our second episode of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast that we recorded live. It's actually episode 258. Amazing. Which is bananas. So, um, everybody, I will be back Thursday for the EFG show at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then back next Monday for a little bit of World of Warcraft. I am hunting Thunder Fury, the blessed blade of the Wind Seeker. You got and, this. Um, eventually, it's a 1% drop rate. You need two off of two bosses in Molten Core. It's going to take a while. But oh, we're going to do it. But you're going to do it. We're going to do it. Absolutely. Persistence. That's one of the reasons why I started putting it on the stream. So, everybody, y'all have a wonderful night. Until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye.